This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. Fellas, I want to tell you about a product that can improve your performance in the bedroom. And what better way to improve the quality of your life than to please the woman of your dreams? Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Blue Chew is the fast and easy solution for any man looking to enhance their performance and step up their game. You don't have to be one of those guys that finishes quickly, or you don't have to be one of those guys that, at the end of the day, regrets not having a great sex life. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code DETROIT. All you got to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling fee. Again, that's BlueChew.com. Promo code DETROIT to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Everyone, it's a new NFL season, and what better way to enhance your experience watching the games with the fellas than to put some action down with a great sight. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least 100K, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Look, guys, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why MyBookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. All you have to do is visit MyBookie.ag Enter promo code DETROIT100 to activate this offer. You put up to $1,000 as your first deposit, they'll double it. That's DETROIT100 in that promo code. And when you enter your first deposit up to $1,000, double it. Bet, win, get paid with my bookie. And John, this week's episode, episode 200 of Tiger's Talk, is brought to you by DC Sports at Lakeside Mall in Sterling Heights. You can follow DC Sports for all of their authentic sports memorabilia and info about their terrific autograph signing sessions on Twitter at DC Sports Detroit. And also make sure to check out their terrific website at DetroitCitySports.com. Hey, this is Brian Peña. I always join the Vito Vacas, the best Vacas in the United States. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest, the freshest edition of Tiger's Talk with Churko and Company. I am your host, Vito Geronimo Churko, alongside my usual psychic and broadcast partner and fun. That is Doc from Doc and Jack, John Charles Macaroon. For episode, what is it? 200 of this very podcast, John. We have made it this far without being canceled. Vito, you know, 
stay tuned to the end of the podcast. A lot of people called us up and left a voicemail regarding the thanks. And I did listen to some of them before uh, I pushed the button. And really, at the end of the day, a lot of people had the same sentiment. And the sentiment was, hey, you guys took this project and through the hard work, through the work that we did, we got a platform where people are like, whoa, those guys work hard. Those guys do it every single week. And with the Tigers Talk podcast, the way in which we did it is so fun because of the fact that even though the Tigers struggled and they've struggled mightily for the majority of the 200 episodes, I still look forward to it. And you and I worked hard. You came to the table with this idea for the podcast. This was your flagship. This was your baby. You brought others you know, to start the idea, but then they couldn't continue. And obviously, you know, they didn't have what you have. And that's why you're here. Really, if you look at it across the landscape of Detroit podcasting, there's a handful of people that are doing it. But there's not a lot of people that are doing it like how we're doing it, which is consistent broadcast where our shows show up on the same time. They're not doing it the same way we are, where you can count on Tiger's Talk to be there on Wednesday. Now, whenever you decide to drop it, it'll show up on Wednesday. But I like the fact that you're here. The reason why you occupy that chair, not many people do occupy that chair in this office. And not many people who podcast in Detroit have an office to podcast from. And so I give you the credit for bringing this idea to the table. I give you the credit for sticking with it. I give you really the credit to stick with me because... Oh, God. It's been painful at times. I still don't know why I came to you with this idea for doing a podcast and didn't bring it to another network to broadcast this show. Well, at the end of the day, I know why. Because you realized, okay, this guy does something. For me to show up on your college show with my cousin doing a podcast, you realize, okay, this guy's serious. He's got takes. There's something to it. And you like broadcasting. And so those that message and say, hey, I remember you doing this from the college studio in Detroit Mercy to now what you're doing. Look, we kind of grew this together. And that's why, you know, really at the end of the day, Vito, you are partly responsible for my drive to get the credential. Because when that first one came and you got to go, really, I was filled with pride. I was like, I have, I helped. I had a little hand in Vito getting a credential to go cover the Tigers where it would not have happened, really. I don't think it would have happened had I not really busted my butt to try and do it. And I think, you know, that day where we got to cover the Tigers or when we get the emails that the credentials are approved, it's exciting. And so to do this podcast with you, to have you sit there, you know, when you show up five minutes late, well, 10, 15 minutes late, 10 minutes late, whatever. Maybe once in a while, like once out of 100 episodes, 10 minutes early, such as today, because of episode 200. I was early. Gotta give me credit for that, John. I I thought you were going to come early because you're getting your check today. Even a little bit earlier, but I came before five, before the start time for our recording with the USPBL podcast, and now with Tiger's Talk, as we are recording episode 200, and, and you brought up and threw a little bit of shade at my brother, maybe for not sustaining his position here with the podcast network because well, I heard you say it, that a couple of guys you know didn't maintain their spots with the podcast where you yeah. don't shade at my but, brother Dominic Church but I balance it out with I keep his photo on there which I really should you take off save from I, how many years ago <laughs> exactly I already right? through 200 episodes and, and how many exactly. episodes has he even been a part of uh the first five yeah. I think after the first five he bowed out actually he, too exactly it's hard you know it's hard because you got to be a little bit crazy and that's why I like having you around you got to be a little bit crazy to be like I'm gonna do it you take other jobs you had other opportunities We balanced it out with vacations, and we did it. 200 episodes is no small feat, and to have multiple podcasts, I think three now, over 200 episodes is awesome. And you make watching baseball fun. Why I like to go cover baseball is that you taught me the game from a different perspective. You know, my old self was into more of the eye test. You brought in the analytics, where now I'm looking at war. I'm looking at defensive sabermetrics. I'm looking at, uh, you know curveball rates and strike rates and uh, you know launch angles and all that stuff. So you brought launch that to the table. Launch angles, exit velo, 
Yeah. <laughs> all of the above, right, and, John? And thank you to all the great guests that have shown up here. I mean, every time, you know, Wednesday rolls around, it's the best part of my day when I hear Brian Pena say that your podcast is the best podcast in the United States. It just makes me feel good, and I know you're including it because I do go and listen for it. It's the best part of the week. Thanks, everybody, for downloading and listening to Tiger's Talk, all the great guests and things like that, and only bigger and better things are coming for this podcast. Can't say the same for the Tigers, but we will talk about some positives. Willie Castro, in the second half of the podcast, after our guest interview, he made his debut and he looks good. And so him, Jake Rogers, maybe now when September rolls around, maybe you can tell me about a call-up or two that could show up and also bring a little bit of a spark. But it's nice to see at least the guys that are being brought up look like they have what it takes to do some things, and that's a good sign. You know, obviously, you know one of the biggest downers you know, with the Tigers right now is... Matty B or uh, Matthew Boyd, per se. You know? Yes, it's not been as sharp, nearly as effective of late. Gave up a lot of home runs in his last performance. But uh, at the end of the day, the Tigers are the Tigers. Who's our guest this week? I'm looking forward to the conversation. Well, as I said, let's get to this guy because that's more exciting than any of this Tigers talk right now, unfortunately. But it is Jordan Hall, who is one half of the Podcastianos podcast. Do they have to change their name now? Because Nick Castellanos, oh. I don't remember, they named their podcast after him. It's called the Podcastianos podcast. So Jordan, who is also the play-by-play voice of the Traverse City Pit. Spitters. You know what? I will say this. We'll tease it. I have a potential new name, the Podcastros. Oh, Willie and Harold. There's two of them. Say Castros and Willie looks good. I'll have to talk about Willie and make all sure, of that, right? Coming up. Make sure you throw that out there. I want to hear that in the interview. Jordan Hall next, a great guy. He does a great podcast as well. Looking forward to that chat right now. And it is Jordan Hall of the Podcastianos podcast and also the play-by-play voice of the Traverse City Pitch Bitters. What a name, what a team that you got the chance to call games for this season in their inaugural season and a championship season. But anyways, first and foremost, thanks to you for joining us on episode number 200, Jordan. And also, how the heck are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? It's been, uh, it's been a while since I've been on the show. I'm glad you guys had me back, especially on such a, a milestone episode for you guys. Well, it's always a pleasure talking to you. It's a great thing to have you on, and and what a great season for you in you know calling games for the Traverse City Pittsbitters of the Northwoods League. First and foremost, to start off, uh, what is the Northwoods League? Tell us all about that here on Tigers Talk. Okay, so um, you guys have probably heard of the Cape Cod League. Um, it's kind of like that. So it's it's um, college summer ball. Um, these kids come from essentially all around the country. A lot of the kids from the Midwest schools, there's a lot of kids from the Big Ten, uh, from the Mid-American Conference, um, and even some of the, the bigger D2 conferences kind of from around the area. Um, but they're mostly kids that want to get more at best, uh, that either didn't play a whole lot for their, for their college team in the spring, um, or they're looking to get more exposure in front of scouts um, in, a, ahead of what would be... Um, you know, some draft opportunities for, for some of these guys. We actually had one player this spring. Uh, he made two start, starts for us and then was drafted by the A's. Um, when, I think he's still in their, their uh, system right now. So um, it's certainly a, a good exposure tool for a lot of these kids. There's, there's been a couple um, big names that have come through there. Both Chris Sale and Max Scherzer have played in the, uh, in the front in the Northwoods league. Um, and then a couple Tigers favorites, Blaine Harvey actually played, 
um, in the league, and then maybe a not-so-favorite Jordan Zimmerman played in the Northwoods League when he was in college. Two legendary Tigers right there. <laughs> and, something like that, yeah. Right, something like that. Now, a legendary name is the pit spitter's name, by the way, as well. And i got to ask you, what the heck is a pit spitter? Okay, so uh, Traverse City, uh, where, where I live and where the team is, is known as the Cherry Capital. So we have a, a national cherry festival here in July. Uh, everything in Traverse City is cherry themed. Now, if you've ever had a cherry, you know that in the center of it is a pit. Um, and it's become kind of a regional sport up here to see how far you can spit the pit. Um, there's actually a contest for pit spitting at the cherry festival. Um, and it's just kind of local lingo. Um, so the name is based on that activity. Uh, it, it kind of goes in the same vein as, you know, the Savannah bananas and all the various, uh, minor league teams that try and get a little bit silly. It just has a little bit of a local flair. Um, actually one of my, my, they had a naming contest. One of my friends was one of the ones that submitted the name. Um, it's just, it's, it, it, it works. Like, I, I don't know how, how better to describe it. Like it's very, Traverse City E, and I, I feel like it encompasses the whole minor league thing really well. How is a slice of that Traverse City cherry pie, which I hear uh, a bunch of great reviews about? So how how good is it actually, Jordan? See, see, I'm not, I'm not, I might be the only one, and I, I shudder to to think what my mentions would be like after I say this, but I'm actually not a huge cherry guy. Man, um, I would take just about any other kind of. Now, pie why is that? So you're not a fan of cherry pie. Or even a cherry? Cherry the Just fruit? cherries in general. Cherries in general. Uh, now, why is that, Jordan? you got to explain yourself now here. This is uh, very important, obviously. It's, 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 a, it's a tough break for, for where I currently live. Yes. I don't know. Just give me pretty much any other berry, any other fruit. I don't know. Just, it doesn't do it for me. Now, how did you get involved, by the way, back on track here, with your position um, as a play-by-play voice of the pitch bitters? How did you actually get involved? With them, so the the general manager of the Pittsburghers, Mickey Graham, um, was the vice president of promotion. I don't know, something like that at the West Michigan Whitecaps, um, and I knew him through there. Uh, a couple, it might have been last summer. I did a live um, podcast there with Roger Castillo and Chris Brown, and a couple of other guys from essentially Tigers Twitter, um, and we hung out with Mickey that day. He showed us around. Um, and he knew that I lived in Traverse City. So when they so they actually bought and own the, the franchise there in Traverse City. So once he took the job up north, um, he got in touch with me and said, you know, this is a, a vacancy that, that we have now. Um, we need somebody to do it. He was aware of me and, and the, the podcast, Yanos, and just kind of took off from there. And it was an absolute blast all summer long. Well, yeah, I mean, a heck of a blast. How did this season go for you with the team winning a championship in its inaugural campaign? I mean, I got to believe it can't be much better than a season such as this past one for you. No, it, it was incredible. So it actually started out the year, I think, 13-13. and 13. So it, early on, it looked like it was going to be kind of a fine season. You know, nothing too great, nothing too bad. Um, and then they rattled off an 18-game win streak. And from that point on, they played like 900 baseball, and it was just a sight to behold. You know, they got up early, they held on to leads. If they fell behind early, they came back. It was, I mean, it really was an incredible sight to behold. They went 30 and six in the regular season at home, so they just didn't lose in front of their home crowd. Um, and it was, yeah, they they had 
Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say that it was a team full of mashers. They had great pitching and timely hitting. I mean, it's pretty much what any baseball tourist loves to see. I think they only had, I don't know, maybe eight or 10 home runs at home. Um, but they, they just got the big knocks when they needed it. So that, that was kind of the, the story of the season. And every single pitcher that they used, like the, the one thing, like they didn't all have great stuff, but they were all battlers. And, you know, as, as a former pitcher myself, it was a treat to watch the way that they all attacked the strike zone in various ways, kind of unique to each pitcher. It was, uh, it was something. How was the crowd for those games? So the crowd started off a little bit slow. Um, so prior to the Pittsburghers, we had a Frontier League team, which is independent ball in town. And they started off really well. And, you know, it, attendance just faded real bad. It took a little bit of convincing, I think, to get the Traverse City faithful on board. Um, so it was in the 1,000 to 2,000 range for the majority of the, the spring. And as the summer took off and people are like, hey, wait, these guys are awesome. Um, the the crowds really started to to bump up. I think we had forty five hundred for the championship game. So, um, for for a first year, the attendances were were pretty amazing. I don't I don't think anybody had too awfully much uh, complaints as far as the the support that the team got um, from the Traverse City uh, locals. So the fans really started coming in, pouring in as the the wins started coming yeah. in as well, obviously. And and kind of to pivot here into the Tigers, the theme of this Tigers Talk podcast, and episode number 200, it is Jordan Hall as our featured guest of the Podcastianos podcast, which I know is a little bit uh, MIA in recent memory, on hiatus. And I see on Twitter there's a new podcast that will be coming out either today or tomorrow, and I know at least this week. So looking forward to that. But with the Tigers... 50 games below 500 right now, Jordan. Just horrendous baseball played all season long. Your overall thoughts regarding this disastrous campaign for the Detroit Tigers? My, uh, to, be, to be honest, my overall thought is that I picked a great year to be watching a different team for the majority of the summer. It kind of worked out really well. But no, they're, the thing is, is, you can see a little bit of green shoots. You have to look primarily at Erie to see them and a couple guys here and there on the regular season or on, on the big league team. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty much been an unqualified disaster. Like there, there isn't really, I mean, I don't have a ton of, of actual positive takeaways. I feel like we've tried a lot of guys that we've wanted to see for a while. Like, do they have it? And by and large, the answer has been no. Um, I think Jacoby Jones is a good example of that. That's a guy that I've wanted to see get extended run for, for a long time to see, you know, what do we have here? And what we've had is a guy who can't really string anything together. Um, I've wanted to see what, what do we really have in Ronnie Rodriguez? He's actually shown some flashes. Like maybe this is a player. What we have is a guy who can't field at any position and is a wildly streaky hitter. Um, you know, it's been nice to get to get Harold Castro up. I mean, there's been a little bit of something there, but I think that's all relative. If you put Harold Castro on a regular team, you're going to say, oh, yeah, that, that dude's not very good. Um, just it so happens that he's playing for one of the worst teams ever, and he's hitting cleanup for us. Um, it's been nice to see both Matt Boyd and, and Norris get the full complement of starts. Um, it's been nice that my boy Drew Verhagen has gotten a little bit more consistent run in the rotation as of late. Um, but you, you know, for all the good things that there have been, 
there's been way more Edwin Jackson getting starts and Jordy Mercer, you know, getting lots of planes. Like there's just no, I don't know. It, it just looks like there isn't much in the way of a plan. And even without the plan, the re- whatever results we've gotten have been super scattershot. And I mean, we're, we're closing in on being one of the worst teams ever. And I think that is just about right from top to bottom in the organization. Yeah, not many positives overall-wise this season. And there have been people now that have come out and said this team is very comparable in terms of how bad it is to the 3 Tigers that set that 119-loss record there for the franchise and one of the worst seasons in all of big league history. Now, your thoughts on that, comparing the two, and is this team really on par and, and actually worse than that 3 version of the Tigers? I mean, that's a really good question. Um, the thing about that team is there were some guys on that team that were still around when the Tigers returned to relevancy in 2006. You look at this team, there's some guys that will still be under contract, but I'm not sure that there's any contributors on this current team that will be there when, I guess I, I say when, if we are, we're ever good again. Um, I mean, you look at guys like Jake Rogers, you know, maybe that's a piece. Uh, Candelario, maybe that's somebody who's still around if slash when we ever get good again. Maybe Travis Demerit. I, I, I just don't know. Um, so even though this team may be able to beat that team in, say, a seven-game series, I think that somehow the situation is even worse because there are absolutely no building blocks at the major league level right now um, to indicate some sort of uh, upward trajectory, if that makes any sense. You're right. I mean, who's going to be on the Tigers two to three years from now that's currently on the Major League roster? And maybe there's guys internally on the farm right now that will be brought up, will emerge, and will be contributors two, three, three, four years from now. But who are those guys? We're trying to find those guys, yeah. and there's not many guys to identify right now that you think can be significant contributors two to three years from now. And I guess with yeah, that being absolutely. said, who are the guys on the farm? at least then, Jordan, to be excited about? So, uh, you know, I, I think it starts and maybe ends with Daz Cameron. Uh, you know, he he hasn't even had a great year, but there's there's clearly some tools there. Um, I'm a big fan of Willie Castro, who obviously just recently got called up. Um, I watched him down in spring training, and he just, I hate to say he just looks like a shortstop. He, he just looks like a shortstop that's going to be, I mean, he is so smooth in the field. All of his throws are right on the money. And I still see, I still see a, a bat there, but you know, maybe he's not going to be an all-star level shortstop. I mean, that's a really crowded field, but that's a guy who, who can play um, and give you, you know, a three war season at his, at his peak. Whereas, you know, all of the guys that we've been running out this year, pro- probably not. Um, let's see who else is down there. Isaac Paredes, obviously um, he, he is a, a kid that is still, I think he's 21 I and mean, he's still developing. It's hard to put a lot of pressure on him, but that's somebody that, that could certainly uh, fill kind of a Johnny Perot. I mean, that's kind of a lazy comparison because their, their body types are similar, but they're a fair, they're fairly similar players as well. Um, kind of high average, high power um, for a corner infield or middle infield spot. Um, and then you, you look at a guy like Riley Green, who they obviously just drafted. Um, he's just finished his senior year in high school. Uh, I mean, it, and he's very well thought of and the swing, I, I just, we were just down there on Saturday and the swing is as pretty as it gets, but that's still a lot of projection on a high school kid. 
Um, and then the the one guy that I really liked, uh, they drafted out of Tennessee, Andre Lipsius. Um, high walk guy. That's a guy who can play second, third, short. Um, they, they had a lot of guys in the draft this year that are, in my opinion, the right profile. Guys who can control the strike zone, that can take a walk. Um, it just will be a matter of whether the Tigers can properly develop some of them, which, to be frank, we don't necessarily have a real strong track record in. So it's not, not ideal. Now, the Tigers have the arms on the farm, but the position players, once again, it's not of great magnitude, right? It's not like you can say the position players are a plenty, right, on the farm right Right. now. Maybe there will be that guy, though, emerges and is worthy of you changing your podcast name from (laughs) Podcastianos to something else, maybe Podcastros for Harold and Willie Castro, at least Willie, who you're high on, and a lot of Tigers fans right now are high on, and, you know, I got to get at it. Your name now, Nick Castianos is gone from the Tigers, probably never to return again. So what do you do with the podcast name? That is an excellent question. We have gotten many, many questions about that. And we'll for sure get into that. Uh, we're recording tonight. Um, but, I mean, when you look at the team, I don't. there's nobody right now, if we want to base it on a player, that I'm like, well, yeah, for sure. They'll be, they'll be around in three years. Like when we named it after Nick, he was 23. He was just coming through the system. We're like, yes, this is the guy. And obviously he's gone now. I mean, Mickey would be an obvious choice because, um, you know, even after he leaves, he's still going to be a Tigers legend. But we might have to go in a different direction, like name it after the stadium, something like that, just to give a little bit more longevity. Um, I guess we could always go after Don Kelly, too. He'll forever be a a Tigers legend. But my my co-host, Eric Wayne, is is the pun master. So we'll probably... uh, delegate that that to him he can he can get to work there i mean puns isn't exactly my strong suit so you guys are recording this week though and it's the first time since may correct first time since may yep uh there was it was a lot more time consuming calling the games than i when i imagined i wasn't sure if we uh would be able to squeeze some shows in but um yeah this is the this is actually the first time since may so kind of getting back on the horse so, Jordan, with that being said, give us some tips here at the DSP Network with this Tigers Talk podcast to keep growing and, and just going strong into the future. So the biggest thing that I would say um, when it comes to to connecting with the podcast audience is just like when I listen to a show, um, specifically one that's not like an uber popular show, like, I don't know, pardon my take or some of these shows that just have trillions of listeners. When, it, when it's a show kind of like yours or, it, or ours that kind of have a little bit more of a niche audience, like the making the listener feel like they're part of something special, almost like a, like a club that there's inside jokes or inside bits that, you know, only people who listen to the show all the time know or would understand um, and building the community that way. Um, I, I think that's super important and interacting with people on, on Twitter and in a similar way. Um, just making the conversation between you and the audience to be, um, I don't know, I'm struggling to, to articulate this, but just making it worthwhile for, for them. Like they, they want to um, talk back with you and they want to, uh, you know, I- engage and not just listen, I guess. That would be kind of my biggest um, you know, podcast philosophy. Be engaged <laughs> as with far them. as that go. Right. Bring them into the fray and then talk about the Tigers that I guess people care about, even Don Kelly. 
Still, maybe. And, yes. you know, I got I to gotta end the conversation with this, Jordan. Should we still love Don Kelly as much as some Tigers fans do? And I think you do even yourself because it seems like a lot of fans just love this guy and can't get enough of Don Kelly, even after all, you know, these years since he last played in a Tigers yeah, I mean, uniform. At this point, we don't really have anybody current on the field to love, so I guess. Why not? I mean, if, if the choice is between loving Dowell Lugo or Don Kelly, I'm always going to say love Donnie because that harkens back to an era that we actually enjoyed. Yeah, you know what? With that being said, I mean, you got Ronnie Rod, Dowell Lugo, guys like that, Gordon Beckham, these bit players, pieces that people just don't love. And it's because of the current iteration of this team as well, right? It's hard to love somebody when you're 50 games below 500. And <laughs> yeah, you have the worst record. Sure. You have the worst record in all of baseball. So what we're looking forward to as fans now collectively is the long-term future. And and hopefully it's fruitful. And hopefully also the long-term future for you guys at the podcast, Yano's podcast, is fruitful too, Jordan. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, and hopefully the same for you guys. And once again, I very much appreciate you having me on for the, the 200th episode. It's a quite an accomplishment. Major congratulations to you guys. It's something to, something to celebrate. That's for sure. We're going to celebrate a little bit here on this week's episode of Tigers Talking. Jordan, with that being said, always a pleasure speaking with you. And we'll talk again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, real solid interview. That guy's doing some good stuff. I'm glad the podcast, Giannis, is coming back. They've done great work. That was a real solid interview. We thank Jordan Hall for coming on episode 200 of this podcast. Coming up after the break, Vito has strong takes regarding Major League Baseball's Players Weekend and their uniforms. He was not happy, and he'll answer the question. He'll give his take to end the podcast regarding, in looking at 2019 versus 2003, which team, which roster looked worse. Stay with us. You're listening to Tigers Talk, episode 200. And John, I also have very strong feelings towards the Detroit Sports Commission, one of the fine partners of the Detroit Sports Podcast Network and sponsor of this episode of Tigers Talk. And we love Marty Dobeck and Chris Smith and all of those that work for the Detroit Sports Commission and that are putting on the Zenith Prep Kickoff Classic Thursday through Saturday at Tom Adams Field on the campus of Wayne State University. And that is this Thursday through Saturday. And it's the premier kickoff event throughout the state of Michigan and throughout the Midwest as well. And for more info about the event and all of the teams and games that are happening this weekend, please follow the Detroit Sports Commission on Twitter at DET Sports. And make sure to also check out the Detroit Sports Commission's terrific website at DetroitSports.org. And Jack, it is the 15th anniversary, by the way, of the Zenith Prep Kickoff Classic. I hope those uniforms that were brought out for Players Weekend aren't around for 15 years. I'll just say that much. The black ones, the Tigers donned and the road teams donned, I liked. I really did. That might be controversial. But the white unis or the home squads, ugly. I mean, no other way of getting around it. They were just flat out ugly, John. Your thoughts on those uniforms? By and large, I agree with you. I think a lot of people, even Dick Vitale said, what is going on with these uniforms? For me, I don't even like Players Weekend. I don't want to see Matty B on the back of a jersey. I don't want to see their nicknames. I know it's fun. I How about like VJ Lucky? You put VJ <laughs> Lucky said that on the back of the unit? And my nickname, VJ Lucky, baby. Or Big V or VJ or, or Jerome or Geronimo. How about that? Not a fan at not all. Not a fan of it. No fun. You're no fun then, John. I can tell you're 40, just based off of that, man. 
look, the jerseys are nice. You have your name. It's an honor to wear a jersey with the old English D. I don't want to see, you know, that with Matty B on it, period. It didn't look good. And at the end of the day, you know, I know what Major League Baseball is trying to do, and it's fine. But at the end of the day, not a fan. And I thought those white jerseys probably, you look at it and you go, Who's designing this? What's going on? Why can't people just go, that's ugly? Why don't people just say, you know, by and large, I don't understand why, you know, when you look at jerseys and things like that, why is it that ugly jerseys get through so many times? It's it's unreal, especially in the world of professional sports. You looked at it, Dick Vitale. And then you tagged me. In that little tweet directed towards Dickie V about those players' weekend disastrous uniforms that should never be brought back, especially the all-white home ones. You could even make out the nicknames in the back of those uniforms. How could I even tell if the guy's nickname was Matty B? As much as it might be stupid to have your nickname be Matty B or, or Vito J or VJ Lucky Baby, I think it's cool. But if you're not up with the times and think it's cool, well, and even if you do, you can't read the nicknames on the back of these unis. So what's the point of using them? And then how... Did those uniforms get past Major League Baseball's eyes? How were they allowed? I mean, you could have ordered them in better uniforms for sure online through a cheap online website. You could have gone and gotten better looking uniforms where the nicknames could have been read much more easily, John. Our friends, Branded Printing, would have done a better job. Sales. I'm a Top Kid Sales. Branded print. <laughs> Brand Printing, Top Kid Sales. Me and you going online and searching for a website that does uniforms. They all could have done them better than Major League Baseball with all the money they have to spend a multi-billion dollar business and they couldn't come up with better looking uniforms that you could have read the names in a legible fashion. God, they were god awful. And once again, especially the all white uniforms. Thumbs down. Two thumbs down, baby. Yeah, it just wasn't good. And uh, unfortunately for the Detroit Tigers, they donned it. We all had to see it. But how did the Tigers perform last week, Vito? Give us an update. Well, not good. They are 39 and 89. 50 games below oh. 500. Worst team in all of baseball on pace for the number one overall pick yet again, John. Oh. Which is good, though. They're rebuilding for the future. That's a positive. Come on, right? A nice little peachy positive. Courtesy of you could be that, right? That they're going to get the number one pick more than likely in next year's Major League Baseball draft. What majorly stings is that Nick Castellanos and Eugenio Suarez continue to rake for other squads. And uh, you and I are paying attention to that. And you look at the Tigers and you go, hmm, not the best series. They lost versus Minnesota. But they won a game. That was good. Yeah, you know what? And now you got this tough sledding ahead for them at home. You've got the Twinkies and the Indians. And you got the Indians first. Followed by the Twins this week at Comerica Park. How about this home stretch of ball games? Now, they did win one over the weekend on the road in Minnesota. Won the first game of that three-game set with the Twins. Twins and Indians are fighting for that first-place spot in the American League Central Division. Now, the bad thing for the Indians, Jose Ramirez. Looks like he will miss the remainder of the season, and that was the Tribe's hottest hitter in the second half. So losing him, catastrophic blow to the Tribe and their chances more than likely of winning that division this season. Tigers, I don't think they even have to fight for that fifth spot for last place in the American League Central Division or for what will be more than likely the number one overall draft pick in next year's Major League Baseball amateur draft. So that's the positive right now for the Tigers. And Willie Castro wasn't bad. In his debut, he looked sharp over the weekend. And there are high hopes for Willie Castro right now, John. And Jordan Hall himself, our guest on this week's episode, episode 200 of the pod, brought his name up himself and said, this is a guy maybe you can be at least a bit optimistic about. 
Yeah, a little bit of buzz, a little bit of swagger. It's good to see him and Jake Rogers potentially have an opportunity to be contributors. In September, Vito, we're right there. Um, prior to the next episode, there will be September call-ups. Who are we looking at? Who do you think will come up potentially? Is it Bo Burrows? Is it Funkhauser? Is it somebody that maybe is off the radar? Who are the likely candidates to be called up? You know, Daz Cameron has struggled a lot this season, but he had like four home runs in eight games recently. Call the guy up. What do you have to lose? Let's see these guys play and what they're made of right now for the remainder of the season, which only is a month until the season finale and the Tigers can just, God, get moved on from this season. Because it's been such a long year. Hard to keep doing these podcasts on a weekly basis. But we have. We've trucked along. And we have reached episode 200. And once again, gladly, without being canceled. And without you throwing me out of this seat. I think I'm actually the only guy that sits in this seat consistently now for a podcast via the DSP Network Airwaves. That's right. Your own chair. My own chair. I'm honored. I am honored to be sitting here still to have recorded this podcast and to keep recording many more fresh editions of Tiger's Talk moving forward. And probably a lot more negativity to express to the masses. And when you talk about negativity, you have to currently compare the Tigers, this version of them, to the 03 iteration of the Tigers. They lost 119 ball games, almost set the major league record for losses in a single season. And 538 recently came out with this article comparing the two clubs. And in the headline, it says here, John, remember those 2003 Tigers? This year's team might be even worse. And it brings up many great reasons for why that is the case. And when you use this rating, it's called the ELO rating. These Tigers are astonishingly close to their abysmal predecessors. Through 125 games when this story was written, the Tigers had an ELO rating of 1398, which not only means Detroit has wrested the crown of worst team in baseball away from the Baltimore Orioles, a title that once seemed impossible for the O's to lose, but it also makes these Tigers just the 14th team ever to have an ELO under 1400 at this stage of a season. Their ELO is currently within striking distance of those 03 Tigers, which had a 1387 rating at this point in the schedule. And the current Tigers are slightly ahead of their ancestors in the race to baseball's bottom as recently as eight games ago. So, Tigers are nearing that point in this season where they can be compared to those 03 Tigers that were the worst in Tigers franchise history and one of the worst ball clubs in all of Major League history. And the sad thing about these Tigers, who's going to be around two to three years from now? As Jordan and I discussed, who are these guys you can hope will be contributors for the Tigers' big league ball club two to three seasons from now? Your options aren't plentiful. It looks like you're very limited in who you can say can be a contributor two, three years from now. Offensively, but in terms of pitching, I think that's where most of the time you can have some hope. Yes, and on the farm especially. But if you keep Matthew Boyd, Michael Former recovers from Tommy John and is healthy and effective once again, those two dudes right there, and the lefty Daniel Norris, who has gotten a great amount of innings as a starting arm this season. So it's good to see how he's gotten a lot of play throughout this season to see what he's made of. And hopefully he's developing. As time has gone along this season, he has gotten Uh, better, fresher, and more confident in his ability and stuff, which will make him ultimately a much more effective starting arm every fifth day going into 2020 and beyond. So this team, once again, is very comparable to that infamous 03 squad, but you can say this team is flat out looking to lose 
and a little bit more, and maybe even a lot of bit more than that 03 version of the Tigers, which had uh, bad luck just like this team, but that 03 team wasn't really set out to catastrophically lose that number of games or uh, to go broken, to totally tank. Well, now teams are made out, set out to tank, such as this version of the Tigers. And that's really the big difference, I think, between the 03 Tigers and this year's Tigers. This team is made for tanking, is looking to lose 100-plus games. That 03 version of the Tigers was dealt a tough hand, and you can read more in this article from 538 about how tough of a hand it was dealt. But realistically, going into that campaign, people thought they'd be bad, but I don't think they thought they'd be bad like people thought going into this year with this year's team. And that's kind of the difference here. And then remember, those 03 Tigers, you had some guys on that team that ended up being contributors on the 06 squad, such as Simo himself, and you had other guys as well. So you just had guys that you knew could be contributors and eventually became contributors. With this team, once again, it's not looking like that very likely. Yeah, September likely will be an evaluation period. And I think many people realized, and even Jordan said, many people that looked into the Tigers predicted that the season would not go well. But this bad? That's the thing that I think is hurtful and tough is that a lot of the defensive plays, the errors, the injuries, I mean... The injuries have stunk up the joint for the Tigers, right? Have just The injury bug has bitten the Tigers in the behind, and, and you can't predict that, right? DSP curse hits Nico Goodrum, probably done for the year. Jacoby Jones, it's a tough situation because of the fact that, you know, the roster was really constructed in a way that really never blended. And when you let go of Shane Green and Nick Castellanos, this is what you expect. But I'm looking forward to it. Pay attention to the September call-ups. It'll be a refreshing situation. And the Tigers are at least playing hard. And I know that doesn't impress a lot of people, but they're still in it. And that's good. And just like us... They still bring it each and every day. They just don't have the weapons to compete, quite when frankly. You, when you trade guys, right, when guys get hurt, you're going to be epically bad. And that's what these Tigers are. And and once again, really quick, you look at the 03 team. You had Brandon Inch, who played on the 06 team. You had Craig Monroe, who played on the 06 team. You had guys that ended up playing on the 06 team that made the Fall Classic. And also pitchers such as Jeremy Bonderman, a guy like that, who ended up pitching on that 06 team. So you had guys... And, you know, Nate Robertson even made eight starts in 03. You had a guy like Rodney who was on the team and struggled mightily but ended up being on the 06 team. So just guys aplenty, right, that you can name from that 03 squad that ended up being contributors three years in the future on that 06 squad that won the American League. And, and with that being said, I mean, that was a lot of negativity exuded by us on this week's episode. And we want to get to some positives. And with that being said, some voicemails that were left by past guests of Tigers Talk John. No doubt. We'll end the podcast with people that have been guests, those that have followed along with us. I thank you guys for taking the time to call us up. Anytime you want to talk baseball, you can leave a voicemail at 248-579-8686. You can follow Vito on Twitter at Vito Jerome. Follow the network at Detroit Podcast. Thanks to the fine sponsors who make this broadcast possible. Vito, cheers to another 200. I appreciate it. Let's check out these voicemails, and then we'll get out of here. Plenty of memories, uh podcasting with the uh, legendary Vito Churko. This is Joey Yashinsky here. Uh, we had an epic uh, conversation, uh, one post-game at Callahan Hall, probably 15, 20 minutes of podcasting gold. Uh, come to find out later that night that Vito uh, did not press the all-important record button. So that's something that sticks out in my mind. It does make me second-guess every time uh, 
Vito, Vito uh, asked me to uh, come back and do something, but now in all seriousness, always a good time with Vito. Uh, meeting up at the uh, Southfield Library to have an in-depth conversation about Mikey Matuk's major league prospects. Where else are you going to get that kind of content? This guy's the best around. Uh, always enjoy talking to him. 200 episodes of Tiger Talk. Can't beat it. And uh, here's to another 200 more. Way to go, Vito. Hey, V, just giving you a call for your 200th episode of Tiger Talk. That's awesome, man. Pretty good longevity right there. Uh, a couple of memories here for you. This obviously is Brendan Kubla from the BK Lounge. I mean, obviously, that's got to be my favorite part whenever I come on. have our own little segment. But really, it's just to see your growth and all of this from when we're doing this freshman, sophomore year, high school, to now as professional for the Detroit Sports Podcast. I think that's pretty awesome. Coming on for the preseason talk this year, that was pretty fun just to be able to yak it up about what we thought the Tigers were going to do. Obviously, we knew it was going to be very good, but we were able to enjoy and talk about what potential outcomes there were. Uh, obviously, we were pretty spot on as far as saying they weren't good. I think I was a little bit more optimistic than you were, and you know that just happens when I start talking about the Tigs. But it's just been good to be able to call in and be a, somewhat of a regular anytime that I'm needed. You call for the radio out of the time, and there I am. So congrats on 200, man. Hopefully we get to 500 here soon. Hey, Vito. It's Ryan Ford of the Detroit Free Press. Just wanted to call to congratulate you on your 200th episode, and uh, thank you for not reminding me of the time that I actually suggested the Tigers might have a shot at at least going 500 this year. Uh, yeah, not my greatest call. Hey, here's the 200 more, and uh, let's hope I'm better about that than I am picking up the Tigers record. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Vito and Doc. Congratulations on your 200th episode. Uh, it's been really amazing to watch you guys grow the podcast and the entire network. Uh, watching you guys grind and build it up uh, to where it's been is really impressive. Uh, really proud of you guys, and glad to see that it's paid off. All the best. Tigers Talk with Chirko and Company, original co-host, me, Hermano, and Dominic Chirko now with his favorite memory. I'd like to say I have a conglomeration of memories. Um, the one memory, obviously, the first time going in, walking into John's studio and um, uncharted territories, you know, you never know about, you know, meeting this John Macaroon guy, Doc, and then you think he's this, you know, angry professor guy, but you go in and, you know, he, he opens his doors to us and you know Brett Vito and myself we all first time going in there and we obviously got accustomed to it and it's been a good run I was a co-host for a couple couple seasons I guess you could say cameos you know but uh always being the uh voice of reason I would say has been with Vito and John talking and going back and forth and a lot of bi Tigers bias but I have to say, you know, I was the voice of reason all those years and during really the good years and the bad years of the Tigers. But, uh, yeah, it's been, it was fun while it lasted for me. Um, I know they're going strong, Vito and John, and um, Godspeed. Thanks to Dom Cherko, to Ryan Ford, to Marlo Alter, Joey Yashinsky, and Brendan Kudla for all leaving voicemails and sharing memories of being on Tigers Talk in the past. I appreciate all of their support over the years. With that being said, I'll talk to you guys again next week for episode 201 of the podcast. Adios.